The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. Good evening, good evening. It is Friday, October 21st. We are live on Be Exposed Radio. This is Skyline Radio Show. I'm your host, Skyline Mark. Unfortunately, our co-host, Marie Starr, is not available tonight. Uh, she should be back large and in charge next week. But until then, we're, we're ready for a good show. We got... Uh, a native Chicagoan, my hometown, our special guest tonight. Uh, her name is Shamika Latte Oliver. I, I hope I got that right because I don't want no smoke. She's known as the, the root coach. Uh, we're going to talk to her about everything that she's got going on. She's got, what's she say? She's got some some big things in the works i don't remember exactly what she said and how she she worded it but uh we got a lot to talk about um so we're just gonna dive on in we're just gonna dive on in ladies and gentlemen i give you our special guest tonight miss shamika What's up, what's up, what's up, Ricky, Shamika Latte, Mark, thank you so very much for having me on tonight. I'm super excited. We're going to keep the show live. We're going to keep it pumping. We're going to keep it going. We're going to drop some, some dimes. We're going to drop some things and just have a good time on tonight. Shout out to your co-host who's not able to be here tonight. So I'm going to make sure I represent her very well at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I expect nothing less. Um, so my first question, you know what it's going to be. What brought you to the DMV? Listen, it was, it was God, like literally, cause you know, I'm a native of Chicago, grew up on the South side of Chicago. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and, okay. um, I'm, I was literally at a, at a, at a movie shoot for my husband and and he was doing, I was doing a movie shoot in um, Wisconsin, was it, no, Springfield, Illinois, and he was doing one in um, Indiana. And he called me and told me that he just did an interview. He got hired for this job. He was like, I don't even want to go. He was like, I don't know nothing about Maryland. I'm like, what? But we had, we were already like looking for a home. We were already, you know, just pretty much like sightseeing, dreaming, looking at places that we wanted to do, um, wanted to go and things that we wanted to do. He ended up getting this job offer that um, really fit in with his dreams. And I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's just go. And so just from there, we, 
we just really trust God. We like moved here in less than 30 days. Actually in two weeks, we came to look for a house. They brought us in to um, look what was going on at um, the job that brought us out here. Um, we were just like, okay, we have pretty much already accepted a position even before we saw anything. And then um, two weeks later, my husband came out here, started working in like a week later, a week later, I was out here with our kids. My mom came and it was just that. It was that. It's been eight years now since we've been here in Maryland. So it pretty much was like, go. You know, I'm the type of individual who's like, I don't like going backwards, you know? So I'm like, let's go forward. Let's see what forward has for us. And the rest has been pretty much history now. Okay. Okay. Um, White Sox fan or Cubs fan? I'm both. Literally, I'm both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, like, how are you both? And I'm like, it's two different leagues with two different set of rules. Listen, when we were growing up, I still have it. Now, if I knew you were going to mention the White Sox and the Cubs, I would have went to my son's closet who wears my Cubs raincoat that I had when I was a little girl. Check this out. <laughs> I, literally, I, I have it up and it looks, it's in like really, really good condition. And um, my auntie worked for the ball stadium. She worked for the Cubs, but we also had tickets for the White Sox. So while she was at work, my cousin and I, family or whatever, we would go to work with her and just sit in the stands and watch the games. And after the games, we would go, we would go like to the nearest hubs with my aunt, play some video games on, you know, like Atari or like Mortal Kombat, whatever it was. Um, It was indoor um baseball that went on so we I, we were like four participants in the cubs and the white Sox, you know and so she i believe she worked for the cubs more than she did for the white Sox, but we had tickets for both so i'm a fan of both right honestly i wasn't into baseball not whatsoever it was like too slow too boring but what i was <laughs> into was like community i was into having fun being out there and enjoying it, just being in the stands Right, right, right. Who's your favorite player? Favorite player? Of all time, favorite player. Favorite player of all times? I don't have one. Let's just go with Jackie Robinson. (laughs) He doesn't even play. I didn't (laughs) mean like that, but okay. We can go there. We can go there. My favorite player. Sports? I mean... If we're going sports, then there ain't none because you got like four or five goats in our lifetime. Man, I don't have no favorites. I I just love the game. But honestly, because I'm from Chicago, when it comes to sports, it was like the Bulls was our heart. And like hands down, the Bulls was like everything. We had on Bulls paraphernalia. We always watched everybody. Like that's what I grew up on. You know, um, get opportunities sometimes. Very very seldomly we went to more baseball games than uh, than basketball games but go to the basketball games you just loved it we watched it we had family night over a friend's house it was like it was life it was yeah. life yeah. now listen the bears game i had a chance to sit there when the fridge and everybody was playing right, right, right. so i took my grandfather who is now deceased and so I hold a title in my family, right, for taking the only person 
And I was a little girl and I had won some tickets off the radio. I was the only person in my family to ever take my grandfather to a football game. And it was the only football game he ever went to in his life. So I'm like the champ in the family when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. My favorite player uh, is actually a hometown boy for Maryland. Oh. He, his last stint with the White Sox, he was actually the ambassador of the White Sox. His name is Harold Baines. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. I've never got the chance to meet him yet, knock on wood. But I met his sister opening day. Um, I don't remember what year, but at the, at the end of the day, the year he got inducted into the Hall of Baseball Hall of Fame, I met her that opening day for the Orioles downtown Baltimore. And we hung out the whole day, back and forth, talking, chopping it up, breaking bread. And we exchanged information. And she said, when I get the details and the tickets, I'll contact you. Somewhere, somehow, my phone was stolen, um, lost contact information for never seen, never heard, don't know how to get in contact with her, nothing. And that's been, I don't know, three, four years. So, yeah. But, but you know what? I, mean, I got the pictures, so pictures <laughs> are better than nothing. Yeah, but it's nothing, it's nothing like meeting somebody who knows somebody that you want to know. It feels like you kind of met the person that you I admire. One family member. I met one family member, so, you know. I'm almost in the door. I'm almost there. Exactly. So exactly. you're the root coach. Yeah. Explain that. What what, you know, what does that entail? The root coach, yes. So the root is definitely something that is self-entitled. I couldn't wait for nobody to like define who I was and define what I what I did very, very well and how I changed people's lives. And so once I figured out who I was and what I did, and then I um, self-acclaimed who I was and it's my title and how I just began to coach and mentor and support women and um, in their business and in their personal life. So here's here's the thing. It started off with me trying to figure out how to monetize um, my gifts, trying to figure out how to how to really get my business going to define who I was and what I was good at. So I started to do some research. I asked some people, like, who do you think that I am? And I found the commonality between a lot of people who I text, who I might have emailed, who I talked to. And I was like, man, I help people to get to the root of their issues, to help them to heal and be successful mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and financially. And one of the things that I do is that I've always done it for God's glory. And so I'm like, wow, people would in the text messages and in the conversations, because I did, you know, my market research, you know, for myself. And they mm -hmm. were just like, you just really helped me to get out of my out of my rut. Like you helped me to get to those deep places that I wasn't able to identify myself, you right. know? And so, and so with that, I was like, that's who I am. I help 
people get to the root. And it really started off before, you know, I started my business as uh, being known as the root coach and in my business, building the best you, which is a, co a coaching and consulting firm. I remember it started off just on my couch. You know, it started off on my couch speaking to my family and friends and older, older people. I, I love my elders. Like I would sit and I would talk to them like, oh, you got a wise soul. You know, like, I'm like, what does that mean? I was 16 years old at the time, but I realized that that's something that I was good at. I realized that that was the transformational moments for me, you know, and that I help other people to transform their lives, but not out of myself, but really out of the power of God. So that's where it came from. And so one day I was just like, I'm going to coach. I'm going to coach my first person. I'm, I'm about to make money off of this. I'm about to build a company because you need money to fund your company. But that's what right. could I be so good at that's going to help transform lives? And I'm like, hey, I just looked in the mirror. I started practicing. And I was like, this is who you are. Get comfortable with it. I'm like, hey, my name is Shamika Latte. I, I, I am known as the root coach. I help you to get to the root of your issues so that you can be healed and successful mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and financially for God's glory. You want to coach with me? <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's literally where it came from. And I didn't get clients in the beginning either. That's one of the things that I, di I didn't get. But I kept showing up for myself. And the one thing that I didn't do, even though I didn't get clients, you know, because honestly, those who are attracted to me are not those who go to a, a counselor, go to a coach, or even go to a therapist. Those are the type of people who they run away from. So my route into getting to coaching and helping women build themselves, it was pretty tough in the beginning, but I was just like, I know I'm good at it. Now they will be in my Facebook or my Instagram. Like, can you help with this? Can I pick your brain? And I was like, I can't let nobody pick my brain for free. So I did a few things, got my first client and it was just like, yep, I need one person to give my, give this testimony from a business point of view, but also from the place of me empowering them from their pain right right okay yeah what are, what are the advantages and disadvantages of doing all that um let's put it like this just as far as entrepreneurship anyway there's advantages and disadvantages because you're gonna the advantage is that you get to meet people who you've never met before, but you get to be the results are, are that you were an answer prayer for them or a prayer that they didn't even know to pray. <laughs> like it's crazy. And it's just like, or I remind women, um, like remember that place in your pain that you saw your freedom, but you couldn't get there. I'm going to help you get there. And so the, the part that that's the advantage is that when I get the results from my work, from what I put into it, when I get the results that lines up with my mission and my vision, that's the advantage. That's the reason why you keep going, even when the disadvantages could be at place. The disadvantage is pretty much like you get a client and the client don't put in the work for their own growth. First of all, I'm like, I always tell them, I can't, let me tell you this. I'm a coach. So I'm in this because I can want, I, I can want it as bad as you. 
I can want your happiness and your joy as bad as you because I know I walked in those shoes and I know what it takes to really build yourself. It ain't pretty. It ain't glamorous. It's crying, screaming and dealing with the fears face to face. And because and because healing hurts. Healing does not feel good. It's not. I found out who I am. No, I crawled, screamed and cried to figure out and understand who I am and understand what this thing did to me. And right. so the disadvantage is that when the person shows up, like, yes, I want the help. And yes, I want this. But then they don't complete the coaching, you know, and that's what we have to realize that some people, some people are in it for the one time thinking that this one time conversation this one time coaching is they're going to take that information. So they come in with already ulterior motives that I know my coaching is this, but I am not going to commit to it. Um, Shamika or now Dr. Shamika is, you know, when I listen to her on Facebook or Instagram, man, I feel so good, but you get that feeling good, but you're going back to the same place that you came from. You cannot break cycles that way. Cycles are broken when you, when you work the cycle, like literally you got to work it. And so that's the part that's hurting for me because I tell my clients, like, I need results. I need results. I don't need you to play with me. If you play with me, go to somebody else who's going to play with you. Because I'm going to give you this, this, is an act. And even in my contract, I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to work as hard as you're going to work on yourself. I'm not. And so I have clients, who, yeah, who quit along. I put, I put realistic things in my, in my contracts. I, when I talk to them, I don't talk to them as a friend. Even if they come to me, I have friends who I've coached and I coach them as a coach, not a friend. But then when the coaching session is over, I'm like, hey, girl, did you do this? I'm not bringing up what they went through or anything like that. We're going to be friends. So I learned to separate the two, you know, and yeah, and, and be that person that they need me to be. Which brings me to, <laughs> to the next round. Building the best you. There's so many questions you can ask, but that's that's self-explanatory. Building the best you, man, woman, anybody. Um, what what um is it like, what does that mean? Like building the best you? Like, what does that mean? What made you choose that title? Um, it's very important that we know how to hone in and focus on who we are in the earth realm, I believe. That we all have purpose. We do so well on building other people and being there for other people, but are we building ourselves? Are we good enough to ourselves in order to be good enough for everybody else? Building the best you, like kind of taking off of what everybody feels that you should do and who you should be and build the best person that you can be. Like literally put in the work, really activate the faith and do the necessary things that is that's going to for you to feel good about yourself, to do the necessary work. Um that God needs for you to be like the best you that you were called to be. And that's discovery all the time. 
but you put the tools and the practices and the sacrifice for yourself to build not the perfect person, but build the best person. And that's something that happens over and over again. So once you've already conquered one level, you're like, man, I'm good here. You don't allow yourself to stay at the level of greatness. You think that you, you know, hit this, um, this is the epitome of yourself. I learned like, it's always something that's learned. It's always something to get better at. Say for instance, mm. like for me being a mom, right? For me being a mom, I'm like, when I came in there, I'm like, ooh, parenting is so easy. I don't know what these people are talking about. I had one baby, then I got two. And I'm like, all right, I'm feeling a little something, you know? And I had to realize, like, I'm giving my husband, my my children, all of me. But when did I give all of me to myself? When did I take off that? So I had to make up um, at this level in my life, building the best me now so that I won't go into depression. I won't feel like I'm stagnant. I won't feel like I'm stuck. How do I build the best me? How do I build these better cars? I mean, how do I get greater than who I am today? So I have to tell myself, like, take your head off. Like, this is your head time. This is your wife head time. This is job time. But take that head off and get to know who you are. Get to know to pour into yourself. And then once I learned to do that, I'm like, oh, there's a different level. I got to build the best me. What is going to keep me stress-free? What is going to keep me as not only a good servant to others, a good servant to myself, but a good, you know, like a Samaritan um, in, in the earth, you know, just around people. Um, what are my dreams? Am I focusing on these things? Because those things will always keep me in alignment with purpose. Um, not I'm building the best me so that I can be, even a better person for everybody else to be um, an example. So it there, it has a lot of like varieties to it, but it's still rooted in one place. You know, it's a lot of things that we have to do to build the best us, you know, to not be a carbon copy of somebody else, to not um, desire so much of other people uh, or from other people and trying to fulfill everybody's needs, you know? And then we lose out on building the best us. And so that's what building the best you is. And it's for me, when I do my coaching and consulting in my business, it's in various aspects spiritually. It's five different elements, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially. How can I build a better me financially? Like if I know I'm slacking on some things in my finances, I need to figure out how to get better. Either I need to save some, Either I need to invest more, either I need to, you know, hold hold back on some things, you know, so that I can pour into myself right financially. If I see myself going into debt, if I seem like, hold up, I got to build myself a better, uh, you know, the best part of me financially so that I can see myself thriving in this area. The same thing spiritually. If I know I haven't been praying and I'm like, man, like my attitude is jacked up for something, I'm hurt. I'm bothered. I'm emotionally all over the place. I'm like, slow up. Something is happening. You're not pouring into yourself the right way spiritually, you know, and emotionally too. And I'm like, what is it that's hurting you? So it's always like a self-checking. Right. Can you check in with yourself and figure out where you at and build the best parts of you? And once you get better, you keep building. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. So how do how does Mark like build the best him? 
like, or how do you do that? Like, what's some of the things you've done? Um, well, I, I guess you can say I'm, I'm in the process of rebuilding myself. Yeah. Um, uh, COVID, COVID did a lot of, of negative things to anything and everything. Small businesses, people, um, people's thought process, people's attitude, people's patience. Well, first and foremost, people's patience is shot. Um, if there was never a thing called road rage, there is now. Um, but with with there being road rage, I don't know what you call this mess out here now because people are 10 times worse than they've ever been. Um, but yeah, building the best me, I'm just trying to get back to where I was before COVID came. Um, this is the third go around with the radio show. I don't see it going nowhere this time unless I choose to. Um, uh, trying to get the foundation back to where it once was. Um, it's baby steps. You know, we tried to jump in there and do it, you know, every week. And I think we kind of bit off more than, than we could actually chew. Um, but it's a process, you know, trying to, to build a street team of, of loyal, um, loyal people that, that have the same mindset. These are people, not animals. Um, you know, people, people have the wrong idea when it comes to homeless. Oh, they're homeless because they made bad choices in life. True and false. Oh, they're homeless because they got they got an alcohol problem. They got a dope problem. Okay, true and false. But there's a thing called COVID-19 that came and, and ruled the earth. And in the process, in this country alone, over 10 million people became homeless. So I ask you, coach, was that by bad choices, drug problems, alcohol problems? Or was that a thing called life that happened? So, you know, if you can't work, you can't pay bills. If you can't pay bills, you lose your way of life. So there goes your house. There goes Well, there goes your job. There goes your house because you can't pay bills. There goes your car because you can't pay bills. So now you're stuck. And I think I can honestly speak for a good majority of the people that were affected financially by COVID. I never thought this could happen to me. You know what I mean? Um, it happened to me. You know what I'm saying? So I was homeless for eight months, living in a hotel. Um, working 60, 80 hours a week, killing myself. Didn't have much of a life because it was work, 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 work. And um, I had to do what was in my best interest financially. So I lived as close as I possibly could to my job. 
Um, I work at a restaurant in Hunt Valley. I hate it, but I, I, I like, I like my management team. Um, I like a good majority of, of my coworkers, the front of the house, the back of the house. I get along with almost everybody. You know, you always got one bad apple in a bunch, but it is what it is. And it's going to be what it's going to be. Um, I'm getting back on track financially and it feels good. Uh, I've been there for, wow. The same amount of time I lived in the hotel is the same amount of time I've been out of the hotel. Um, I've been out of the hotel for eight and a half months. Um, it feels good to have a sense of independence back. Um, I got a place. I don't like where I'm at versus where I was. Um, I like it, but I don't like it. Um, it's convenient. I like the neighborhood. I'm, I'm not far from, uh, I'm, I'm not far from anything. Um, I'm not gonna give any landmarks because I try to be a private person when it comes to, um, my home life, my family. So I was ready to put something out there, but I was like, nah, let me not do that because no, that wouldn't, no, mm -mm, that ain't going to work. So, but yeah, you know, it's, it's baby steps. You know, you got to crawl and learn how to walk again. Um, but the, the last eight and a half months, it's, it's been interesting. It's been real. It's been a learning process. Um, when I thought I was ready, I, I contacted my producer and I was like, hey, this is what I'm the third. I need to meet with you. And, you know, he simply told me when you're ready, let me know. And I'm ready to go. I'd love to have you back. Um, you know, he he opened he he opened the door for me. Um, if it was ever shut. Um, I missed the radio. I miss mingling with my 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 co-host and the guests. Um, it's 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 different doing Zoom, but it's like he explained to me doing Zoom. Um, it's 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 easier for you. It's easier for your guests because you really don't even have to leave your house. If you if you got out of town guests, it's very convenient. If you got guests from overseas, you know there's there's no door that's closed to the opportunity. All you need is internet access. So it's 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 got its ups and downs, but if 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 this is what we got to do to make it work, then I'm all for it. Because at the end of the day, I still get to meet new people. I still get to meet more of my hometown people. Shout out to Dr. Shamika. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, I guess my next step, you know, with, with having a foundation semi-kosher, having the radio show semi-kosher for the most part, um, my next step is to get my clothing line back. Um, 
I don't know when, but hopefully by Christmas, I will be able to send out orders. Um, me and my business partner were talking about it recently, and I was like, yo, the only way I'm going to make this happen is if I just jump head first in. So I'm ready. He's ready. And we just we, we're going to make it happen. We're going to jump in the deep end and, and see where the deep end takes us. Does it suck us under or does it eventually shift us to the shallow end? Um, if it doesn't work, I ain't got no one to blame but myself. But you learn you learn from from your wrongs. I'm not going to say uh, your mistakes because it's not a mistake. The only mistake is not trying um if it doesn't work the first time lay the cards out pick them up one by one and see where it leads you so i'm proud of myself a lot of people are proud of me um it feels good it feels good to not necessarily be back on top where i once was but it feels good knowing that I'm I'm headed in the right right direction, and eventually I will be there. So, but if I need a coach, I know who to I know who to turn to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I I'm I'm just thankful right now. You know, just for you being just an authentic person from where you have been to what you're going through right now, because. A lot of people only tell where they are at, you know, the great part. They never really tell their backstory. You know, they tell a little bit, of, but it's like uh, when people listen to our stories, they want to know where they where you've been because they're at your backstory and not your now. You know, right. so I just like, you know, clap and comp, you know, and celebrate you right now for being like, man, you know, I, I, I hit a place that felt like rock bottom for me. Uh, one thing I like that Yala Levant has said one time when I listened to her television show, she was talking about, um, she was talking to this manager who was saying that he didn't want his client, um, this singer, you know, like, no, she needs to keep singing. She's great. He saw her greatness, but she didn't want to sing anymore. International speaker, I mean, international singer and everything. And then Yala Levant was like, listen, if she let her go, if she said she don't want to do it, I'm going to let her go. Because if, if she falls, at least she's falling on the rock. You know, like if she falls on, if she falls on rock bottom, at least she falls on the rock. Like a lot of times we get afraid of falling. Like we get afraid of, but it's like, it's at that place where like, you got to know if you fall down, the Bible says like the foundation is always Christ. So if you fall down, you falling down on the best thing you can fall down on. Like it's like our how people, I'm doing a book anthology right now, you know, through um, my uh, publishing company. And it's like turning your pain into purpose. Like, I, it don't feel good when you got to go through the pain. But when you get to the place that you realize who you are and who God called you to be, like, you literally can be like, I'm going to take this. Like, I, for, even for myself, I'm going to monetize what I do. And that opened up doors for me because I didn't allow myself to be limited by about what I was going through, about what was happening. How can I help somebody else? I think anytime that we put ourselves in a place of serving somebody else and making our life a donation, like the um, uh, uh, late um, Lamont McLean has said, like make your life a donation. And like if you're if you're not if you're like if you're if you're not serving somebody in your gift, like your gift means nothing. 
Like it means nothing. And I think that's, we're supposed to serve. So anytime you build, that's what businesses are made off of, like serving people. Like right. serve, it's going to open up doors. But here's the thing though. Here's the thing. You got to get back up. Here's the thing. You got to be consistent. You got to show up, like I said, even earlier, when no, when ain't nobody showing up. Like you didn't get in this for this person to, you get you got it for this person to buy this and do this and make you a millionaire. You, you got in this for your hard work. And so hard work takes hard work. It takes sometimes a whole year getting back on your feet, but you learn. Like the thing that felt like you, is breaking you is really building you. You know, right. like it's building you. And that, and, and one time I remember petitioning God riding down, riding down uh, 210 in Maryland over there about Fort Washington, in Fort mm-hmm. Washington. And um, my husband is a carpenter by trade. So I'm thinking he's ignoring me like some women say their husbands do when they're talking to them. <laughs> So I'm like, babe, I was just praying and was just like asking God, like, man, why it hurts so much? So of course, people around you can be in a totally different world than you. You could be sad and they could be happy, right? But y'all sitting there together. So I'm in a whole different emotional state from my husband. And I felt like he was ignoring me. And he was looking to the side because he's a carpenter by trade. And he was just like, they're building a bridge over there. So I'm just petitioning my heart to God, like, why is it hurt so bad? Why is it hurt so bad? And my husband like, they're building a, they're building a bridge over there. He was like, I, he knows what it means to build a bridge, and he hates going over bridges. He had to build them. He know how unsafe bridges are. He knows. I mean, he was just like, I, he hated it in construction. You know, he had to be twenty stories high, nailing nails into the walls and everything. He was like, I do not like going over bridges because he knows. He knows what's suspending them. Like he knows what it looks like. He knows how they're building them. He knows how dangerous they can be, even though we go over it. So all of a sudden what dropped in my spirit, what the Lord placed in my spirit from that moment, which I thought my husband was ignoring me. It was like, I'm building a bridge in you. Like it hurts so bad because I'm building something in you that most people don't want to build, but only want to go over. Like you need this, like you need this right here. That's building the best you. When you realize that sometimes you got to go through some hell and you got to go through some pain in order to be like, I understand. And that's what keeps me doing what I'm doing because I know most people will quit if they had to build a bridge. (laughs) Most people will quit because they know if they fall, sometimes they're falling on concrete or sometimes they falling in water and they don't even know how to drown. But I realized that I'm not building, I wasn't building this bridge for myself, but I was building this bridge. I'm building this bridge for God's glory. So if I fall in water and it feels like I'm drowning, I know who's going to rescue me. Like literally, it don't feel like it all the time, but I'm like, God, I know you got me. I know you got me. Like I try not to let my mind, you know, go into the place of doubt. Doubt comes up sometimes and doubt is actually literally normal. It's normal. It's like, yeah, but the Bible tells us to pray about everything and worry about nothing. Why? Because those trials gonna come, they gonna come. You know, we don't get to pick our trials. I wish, you know, it'd be nice if I could pick my trial. <laughs> you know, but I'm like, man, if I could have picked your trial, I would have passed that trial. Because you can see it like that. Because you like, I kind of already been through it. I kind of know it. I know how to navigate through it. I know God gonna come through. And like somebody else might say for me, like, girl, you have no idea. Like you in a really good place. Because sometimes I don't even. I, I, sometimes I haven't always appreciated my blessings, you know? And so yeah. I'm like, that's building the best you though. Building the best you is not like, I'm building myself today. I'm working on my attitude. I'm working on my life. Life hit hard. 
like, but it's like, I'm building in the midst of this breakdown. You know, and I'm like, yeah, God, I know you're going to come through. So like when you were talking about like COVID, like, yeah, I get it. We all like was transitioning from a place of like, what do I do now? But when you choose to keep going in the transition, when you choose to keep figuring out in the transition, that's building the best you. Like, that's a great place to be. That's a, some people quit. Some people let go. You know, that was this, this guy from CNN. And um, he, he got COVID. His family didn't get COVID. So he stayed in the basement the whole time. I don't remember his name, but he was all on Instagram and everything. Now he's just starting his own show. However, he was just like, listen, I got COVID. I'm going to take y'all through the process. He was like, this thing hurt. He said, but the one thing that he realized about having COVID was that you can't give in to it. Like you can't sit still. He was like, it hurt even when I breathe. But his doctor was telling, because nobody wanted to be around him. But CNN was still recording him from his house. And he was just like, the one thing I'm going to tell you, your lungs feel terrible, but still breathe deep. It's going to hurt when you breathe deep, but keep breathing it. He was pretty much like, I'm going to let y'all see this thing. It either is going to kill me like it did a lot of people, or I'm going to survive through what's trying to kill me. So I just commend you just another time, Mark, for being like, listen, you know what? I'm going to keep going. That thing fell off for a little bit, but I'm going to do the work to keep this because it's purpose behind it. It's purpose behind this radio show. Like it's mm. purpose behind it. And that's what keeps us going, purpose. That's right. So going through your bio, you went on tour. You went on a 36 city tour. Yeah. Unlike most people, unless you're a music artist, you didn't go through the United States with 36 cities. No. You on 36 cities in Europe. Yes. Okay, and choir minds want to know. Anything <laughs> and everything. How did that come up? How did that turn go from one city to two cities to what? 36 cities. Let me tell you, that thing was work. It was work. It was work. Um, <laughs> not even just 36 cities but the, the pre preparation months before we actually you know got an opportunity to get contracted to go on tour and i literally got the opportunity just by default you know they kind of they were putting together a group actually it was a gospel singing tour so i sing as well i'm into the performing arts i love performing arts right and so um yeah, so I went, I got, con we got contracted in by this um, huge agency. Um, we um, had my billboards everywhere. And all of this was before social media and Facebook, like, even existed. <laughs> like, this was before I can be like, I'm touring in Czechoslovakia right now. I'm in Croatia right now. I'm in Italy. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in Germany right now. Like, the 36 city tour was like huge. Everywhere we went, our pictures was on like billboards. Everything that you can imagine that you see international artists um, in, in America and you see them like traveling, that was me. Traveling, changing costumes, changing up hair, um, mm -hmm. literally on the tour bus, flying from one um, country to the next, like, um, 
um, traveling. I forgot where we started off at, but then we had to fly out to Amsterdam, which was like maybe a two hour flight. If you drove, it was like forever. Sometimes yeah. we were on the tour bus. We had a we had a guy, we had a manager, you know, who was with us. Um, and um, we were just we were in this van with all our like equipment and singing. I like everything but it wasn't all glamorous like literally like it was it's something that I wanted to do because I never wanted to be a, a pastor I never wanted to be a minister like that wasn't my dream my dream was to be on stage and performing right so I've done um off Broadway I've done several times I've been to New York like acting and singing um I did tours. I do. Um, uh, I do a tour with African and Caribbean um, dance troupe. Did that for seven years. We traveled with that. Um, and so being on this tour was like, yes, this is life. I love it. I remember even dancing for international artists and even behind the scenes teaching artists, teaching artists and uh, choreography. You know, their choreographer and everything. So my opportunity for being on this tour it wasn't it wasn't as pretty and you would think that it because it was a gospel tour that it would have been um that it would have been oh we're praying today oh it's glorious it's like no no baby it was people like getting getting high on a trip seeing prostitutes like because you know, Amsterdam, they had prostitution was open. You know, I don't know if it is now, but back then we was we was it was um, legal. It was it, it wasn't illegal in Amsterdam, nor was prostitution. It was a thing. So we had people that were on tour who finagled. You know, in that we're on a gospel tour, and then while we're traveling, I had some of my um, really one of them, but it was still like division on the the tour. Um, we were in unison when we were on the stage, but out off the stage, it wasn't the same. Like, um, people were like, you know, like they're mad at you or they're turning. I'm like, oh, like this isn't what I signed up for. And then um, just the things that I would see behind the scene, like mm, this ain't really the people are in it for the money. I'm talking about money. They're mm. in it for them. They're in it for the money, not for changing people's lives. But on the other side, those who were in front of us didn't even, some of them didn't even understand English, but we'll sing and they'll be crying. So I saw like, I saw the breaking, but I also saw the building that was happening. I saw the life changing, but then I also saw the loss that was happening too. So one day we were like in this, um, we were in cathedrals and everything. One day we were in this court, um, in this like court uh, building, court area, and on um, cobblestone, because most of the streets out there in Europe are like cobblestone. We're on these cobblestone streets and this one, we just finished singing and we're outside about to sign autographs and everything. And he comes up and he was like, Tupac is my God, Tupac is my God. <laughs> And at that moment, I broke because I realized a lot of times that people in different countries don't get to see what we see and how we live. You know, they get to see only what's shown to them on television. So while we're there, I'm thinking we're changing lives because of the power of God. But really, they still already have their own interpretation. You know, mm -hmm. 
And, but when I heard that, that's when an awakening came from me. And I pulled myself to the side without isolating myself, you know, pulled myself to, to the side with my thoughts. And I was like, God, they don't know you. Right. And I made my mind up at that moment. Like, I was like, I don't want to do this no more. Because the opportunities were there, but then my desire shift. I was like, I want the world to know about you, not know about me. So at that moment, I gave all my dreams over. Everything that I wanted to be at that moment. And I've had to do that like a couple of times in my life. I didn't even realize I did it until like really recently. And at that moment, I was like, no, I got to do. And I didn't know what that was going to be like. My grandmother can tell this story better than me. But I didn't know what that was going to be be like. I didn't even know I told the story like that. But once I came home from that tour, I was like, I can't do all this performance like this no more. But here's the crazy thing. How you can have one desire and you can be so good at what you do. Like, I'm good at performing. I'm good at speaking. I'm good at, I mean, I've taken acting classes, modeling classes. I know how to, I took breathing classes. I took voice classes. I know how to like use a little bit of the air in my body. Like I got taught all these things very, very young, 15 years old, 14, 13 years old, 10 years old. Like I've been in a lot of different trainings. And then, so I now with like ministry and coaching, I take everything I learned and I apply it, which gives me an advantage. But not so much in this advantage trying to be in the forefront. Just when I get the opportunity to have one-on-ones with people, when I get the opportunity to be in their presence, it's always an honor, you know, for me. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pour out everything that I've learned since I was a little girl to see a life-changing moment so that you can know that celebrities and nothing else is your God, but God is true to be who he is, you know? And it's life-changing at that point. And so it's crazy because all I wanted to do was like dancing. It makes me feel good. But I realized it had to shift. It's so funny that when we were going through Croatia, it was called no man's land. There was no law. So we're literally driving through Croatia. When I tell you the spirits were heavy, it was heaviness, it was darkness. Like you could feel it in that place. It was the most scariest 10 hours we drove through. Because from the war that they had um, 10 years prior to that, no, it was like two and a half hours, but 10 years prior to that, it was still grenades that was possibly on the ground that was, that never blew up. So the, the road that we were on was so narrow and we could have lost our life on that road just being on tour. When I tell you, like when you, to make it through there, now, we didn't have to drive back. We actually flew to somewhere else. But to, man, when I'm telling you, like, it ain't all glitz and glam. It's not. Like, when you have to travel like that all the time, every day, all day, you just, we, we were seeing at 11, 12 a.m., 1 a.m. in the morning, and then have to go and pack and get back on the road to be somewhere in the morning. Like, it was work. But the, yeah, so it was, it was, it was tough. And to then have to do a 36 city tour in 30 days, uh, a 36 city, yeah, a 36 city tour in 30 days. Wow. And then not have a strong relationship with those who you are on tour with. 
that right there is like, it, it was hurting. And here's the thing, not only was the relationships kind of weak during that time when I called home to friends who I thought were praying for me, who I thought were, they like, you ain't making us happy. So we gonna put you on suspicion. <laughs> we gonna like not care about you right now. I'm like, I'm calling home for help. You know, like, I'm. so the thing is, it's like all of those things taught me that even when you're breaking, you're still building. Like, even when people walk away, you got to make sure you don't walk away from yourself. You know, you have to find yourself like in the midst of people, you know, not covering you. Mm -hmm. um, and so I look at that. I'm like, yeah, but go after purpose, because at the end of the day, that's what's going to keep lasting. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that is cheap. People, people can talk it all they want, but it's like, how do you support me when you don't do nothing? How do you support me when you don't volunteer? You don't donate. You say you're gonna do this, but you ain't done diddly. How do you support me? So, I've mentioned it a few times over the years. I just got to stop mentioning it and just start doing it. Like, I was supposed to come home. I was supposed to go back home back in June, June 30th. I was supposed to fly out on the first thing smoking at a BWI. Had a job lined up. Everyone's like, what you going to do with the radio show? What you mean? Radio show's going with me. It's called Internet. My producer knew what was going on. I think he asked me and I said, I want to keep doing it. I'm just in a different city. No biggie. Um, what you going to do with the foundation? I'm going to feed my people in my city. Well, mm -hmm. what about Baltimore? There's organizations in Baltimore that, that, can, that can keep doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Man, that's messed up. How are you going to say it's messed up when you don't even come out? Mm -hmm. You don't even support the mission, the cause, nothing. So how is it messed up? Mm -hmm. But the, the crazy thing is, and I know you see this all the time, with church, people will make a million reasons why they, they, they can't go to church. Oh, I'm busy. I got to work. All right. Time to get off. Oh, this time. Oh. That same time I get out of church, maybe we can link up. I'll call you then. And you call him, man, I'm still in the bed. Mm -hmm. Thought you had to go to work. So now you lied to me. Now, now you just showed your true colors because your word don't mean nothing. As a, as a person, man or woman, all you got is your word. You break that. I, I, I got to look at you differently. Yeah, but here's the thing that I learned, Mark, and I think that it kind of helps me out that I learned not to even keep people like re accountable, like or responsible for doing things or for showing up even for me, because I'm like, they don't even show up for themselves. So how can I was like, I'm not even going to have this great expectation <laughs> for you to even know how to right. do things. because You don't even know how to do it for yourself. I believe that we're supposed to keep people on levels. 
like, yeah, you're a friend, but you're at this level of being a friend. There are certain conversations I can't have with you. There are certain things you can't know about me because you can't. Some people cannot handle our, you know, they can't handle our victories, nor can they handle our pain. Some people, right. they're not going to know how to pray for me. And some people, they're not going to know how to celebrate with me. You know, mm -hmm. so I try to learn by building the best me how to do both of themselves, both of those things for myself. Even as being a married woman, like I'm hitting 12 years in like two days from now. So even with, you know, my husband, we have a very good relationship. We're very tight. We're like, we could barely have at these last 12 years, we can count on our hands how many arguments we had. And even if they were like real arguments, but here's the thing I realized, like I said, when I was in the car, that we were in two different emotional states. He's looking at <laughs> that. He don't like, you know, like um, bridges. And I'm like, I'm all in it. Like, Oh, why I'm this and that we in two different states. And I'm just like, I can be explaining this to them, to him, but he doesn't have to even understand it. Like my husband just, let's be honest, I'm going to be honest, because a lot of marriages, like they get upset about this. They're just like, my husband don't support my dream. He doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. I get it. And I feel the feeling of it. I get it. But here I am with an amazing man, an amazing man who loves God and, uh, you know, and all this. He comes like when we have a media production comes, he comes, he does the media production. But when it's time to go, this was like a couple of few years ago. When it's time to go, he like, I got to go. He's rushing. And I'm like, I got to talk. I got to do this. And he had to be honest. And I told him, I said, I already know this. One of the things he came to me years later without me even saying it, he was like, like, I didn't get your dream. Like I was there. You know, I did certain things, but I never, I never understood it. So he didn't give me, he was there to give the help that he just knew to give, but he wasn't fully hard into it. And people don't get fully hard into your thing. Now, here it is. This is a man who's a provider. This is a man who like, listen, I love you. I love you. But when people can't see their own purpose and your purpose, they cannot and will not support you until they see how they fit into the picture. But they only fit into the picture when they do the necessary work within themselves to really say, I get it now. Because they don't get it until they get themselves, until they align themselves with purpose. So when I see people, I'm like, he don't know his own purpose. You know, and some people are just supposed to be that friend that be like, dude, what's up? What's going on? Are oh, you want to kick it now? You know, I'm, I'm still in bed. You're like, dude, you need to get out of bed. And some people wait till it's too late where they have not even built up. They're not, they don't even see your character. They don't even see how hard you hustling down. They blind to it. And then once you make it, you're like, no, that's why I got to choose somebody. I can't go to you. You my, you my guy. You know, we grew up, but I got to choose somebody else because you have not qualified yourself. <laughs> you have not qualified. You have not put in the work that's necessary for me to use you. That's why you see people outsource when you were supposed to be in the ground with me. So I got to leave you behind because you told you chose to sleep when I was woke. That's the thing right there. <laughs> like, that's the thing. You chose to sleep when I was woke. You, I, I can't, I'm sorry. I, I can't. And my sorry is not, I'm hurt. My sorry is like, dude, I'm just sorry you didn't put in the work you needed to put in. And keep it moving and trust, believe 
that the people that's necessary to connect with you will only come. You only want people to come when you're ready to, though. Like, if you're sitting and doubting yourself, you don't need people to come in during that time. You need people to come in when you when you did the work to build the best you, too, because you'll bleed on them. That's and right. so I realized that, like, <laughs> we'll, we'll bleed on people because we're bleeding. And that's a dangerous place to be. It's better to be by yourself and grind and have people not understand and allow God to get people ready as he as he's getting you ready. Because that's when growth can really happen. So, yeah, some people like it's like looking at like really looking at the fine details that like I get you. That's why you sitting there like, OK, but I'm going to keep going. God. God, you trust me? I trust you. Let's ride. Let's go. What you doing in me today? <laughs> what you doing in me today? How you working it? How can I please you today? Yeah. You're right. I've I've come to to realize that some people that I've questioned, I've looked at I've looked at the big picture, and I was like. They may not do this, 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 and this, but they do this and this. So I take them out of, of that, that, um, I can't think of the word. It's like, if I ever doubted you, now nah, I don't because you're doing undercover things that's going to mm -hmm. benefit. You know what I'm saying? So, but I've 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 looked at a handful of people in the past and the present. And as I move into the future, I know to shy away from you because unless it benefits you, you can't be bothered. And I'm the type of person, you know, I, I tell people, I'm not from here. I walk different. I move different. Why don't you do this? Because I'm not from here. That's what y'all do out here. We don't do that out in the Midwest. It ain't a Chicago thing. It ain't a St. Louis thing. It ain't a Milwaukee thing. It's a Midwest thing. Midwest people are different than the East Coast people. And the East Coast people, a lot of them understand, but a lot of them don't. So um, I just, I, take, I try to take it in stride. I try not to, to let anything get me down. Um, but you know, I'm human. I, I get, I get irritated. I get aggravated. I get annoyed. I get irked. I get pissed. And then I start to question when it comes to what I'm doing, where do you fall in line with your loyalty? Because you've already proved you, your word don't mean nothing. So. At the end of the day, all I can do is what? Pray. And I probably don't do enough of it, but at least I do something. You know what I mean? Um, I pray for those that are in my circle. I pray for those that are out of my circle. I pray for people I don't know. Look, you're a special type of person. I couldn't do what you do. I'll pray for you, though. And I mean that. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, God is fabulous. And without God, 
none of us got nothing. And that's and that's just real life talk. Um, but I, I, I love what you do. Um, I love learning more about what you do in and out of church. Um, if I ever have a question about this or that when it comes to entertainment, I know who to go to, the root coach. Because, uh, <laughs> you got a whole lot of answers over there that I might have questions for. So, um, you got any questions for me? Because um, I think I'm going to die. I definitely would say, like, what do you like? What do you see your radio show going? Like, where do you see Skyline going? Like, what's the ultimate like goal for it? Um, <laughs> we were talking about this literally. I don't remember if it was yesterday or earlier this week, maybe even late last week, but. I had made the comment. I said, Joe, so I got this 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 radio show, this podcast. And and my partner was like, Yeah. And I said, What if? He said, Uh oh, you've been thinking. I said, Yeah. You gotta think before you gotta think and get your thoughts together. Because everything in life is a stepping stone. Like, okay, I, I got a podcast. Um, I don't have all the experience in the world, but I got something. Um, where do I want to go? So to answer your question, I've done a little bit of research. I haven't done enough to even qual qualify into actually jumping into something. But eventually one day i would like to have an actual radio station like i don't care if it's am i don't care if it's fm but i'd actually like to have a broadcast radio station someone that comes in does sports someone that comes in does the weather someone that comes in does special events uh the news of the day local whatever nationwide overseas you know touch on a little bit of everything like the actual news does i'm not the news but i bring information i provide information through my guests to society to the world because you know internet it, it, you can be in quebec you can be in italy you can be in England, you can be in Reykjavik, Iceland, you can be in Brazil, you can be in anywhere. As long as you got the internet, you can tune in to the Exposed Radio. But what does right? it mean to you? No. Like, what does it mean to have this radio station? Skyline Radio or like an yeah. actual radio station just skyline radio like what's the purpose behind it like why why are you so passionate about having it and then also expanding it um that's that's crazy um i'm the opposite of you i've always been the behind the scenes type of of, of individual 
I've I've never been one crazy about the spotlight. I've never been one crazy about um popularity. It was it was basically this is basically how it went down. The individual four years ago uh came to me and was like, hey, how would you like to have your own radio show? And I was like, okay, I'll bite. And she says, yeah, it's easy. You can actually take over my time slot. You know, we, we can put something together, have a meeting. You can meet people and this can be my last show. And whenever you're ready, you can start your show. So I don't, that's, that's, I don't know how to answer that though. Um, again, I've, I've, I never thought I would never thought, never dreamed I would be in radio. I never thought, never dreamed, never had a passion for it. Um, but we started it and we went strong for 18 months until COVID and, you know, I, I fell in love with it. I wasn't me for a good six to nine months, but that's a whole different story. But when I decided to cancel it after COVID got started, I missed it. Mm. I missed I missed the responsibility of having a show. I missed the responsibility of speaking. I missed the opportunity, the responsibility of having guests and, and, and questioning or asking questions and interviewing and meeting. Like in the studio, you know, you, you meet them, they come in, you, you, you chop it up a little bit before the show, during your commercials, you know, you, you mix it up a little bit after the show, you mix it up, you, you, you exchange information, you take pictures. And I think that's what I miss the most because through Zoom, you don't have that. Um, everyone's schedule is crazy as all get out unless you run in the same circle. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be crazy for both of us because you're in the D.C. area. I'm in the Baltimore area. You're 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 doing fifty miles an hour in a in a ten mile zone with the different projects you got going on, and I might not be doing fifty, but I'm doing more than I'm supposed to be doing in a, in a ten mile an hour zone. So, um, as far as as far as where I see it, <laughs> sky's the limit, and when I reach it, I'm gonna keep going. Because there is no limit. Long as I got God on my side, there is no limit. You know, I don't want to do just regular individual people, not saying politicians or not that I'd go there, but you never know. Never say never, right? Because there is no such thing as never. If there's God, there's there's a possible way. And that's all that's all there is to it. Um, but like 
I'd like to get into interviewing uh, celebrities and music artists and actors and um, people in the United States, people in Europe, Canada, South America, Australia, the Middle East, um, Asia. Um, I'd like to broadcast live at various different events, festivals. Um, again, sky's the limit. If, 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 if there's an opportunity, I'm interested if it makes sense, because I'm a firm believer, whether it makes sense or not, oh, well, we're going to pay you this much money. All money ain't necessarily good money. It has to make sense. And if I don't feel as though it makes sense or I don't feel comfortable in pursuing this opportunity, if I don't feel comfortable, I'm not even going to ask my co-host, my producer, because if I don't feel comfortable, then I'm not going to want to do it. And if I'm not going to want to do it, I'm not going to force anyone else. You know what I mean? Now, if my producer comes in and he's like this, that, whatever, and the third, blah, 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 da, da, da. And he's like, Mark, I need you. I know you don't want to do it, but I, I really need you. And you're the right person to do it. Wait a minute. Can we just stop right there for a minute? Because you just said, I'm just laughing on the inside because you just you just came out with Chicago like real fast. Woo Wah Bam and a third. <laughs> like we say that that is definitely a Midwest <laughs> response. It comes out. You just you just slipped in that like real real fast. It just brought back some good memories. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying though. Like, yeah, like it's it's it became purpose for you, right? Yeah. Right. So when it became purpose for you, just like I'm in here to see how it's gonna unfold. Now I think that that's like that's dope right there because some people feel like they gotta know everything when it comes to like purpose. It's like no. Nah, I just like it for some reason and I'll figure out what it really means to me, but I'm going to keep pushing it going and I want to see it expand to this next level. And right. I, I like that you said that because I think that those who are, you know, listening on tonight can be like, wow, did you just hear what Mark just said? He doesn't, it, it just, it happened. He, he realized that when you were, when you were without it, it was just like, I miss it. It's something that, that navigates me to it. Like, I need it. It does something for me, you know, and I think that that's awesome. I think that other as you continue to build and as you continue to expand, you know, and, you know, trust in the process, you know, of this, that you will open up doors for other people to literally have a voice to be able to talk about like the journey, whether they're celebrities or not, or telling the news, telling things that are going on to be able to even highlight those who really don't have they have a voice, but not necessary to be heard in this aspect. I literally see, you know, open up even a segment of like those who are homeless, you know, to give them a voice to be like, listen, I'm not just here because I wanted to be homeless. I'm here because a tragedy happened within the world. It just didn't happen to one person, it happened to everybody, you know, and it was by default, but this is what I learned. And there's some people like who are homeless, they choose to be homeless. I had a girlfriend's uncle. I mean, all their whole family like got homes. And, you know, they went to get him, but he lived underneath the bridge in Chicago. 
And but he didn't want to come live with nobody. He was like, I'm comfortable here. Rain, sleet, and snow. He outside. You mm. know, we, we see the TVs that's tucked away underneath the bridges. And some people are comfortable in that environment. It gives them a sense of independence. Some people don't want to be controlled by the government. Some people want to be like, I can make it. I don't want to be controlled by this system. And sometimes it's, you know, it's their, their mindset. But you or Skyline Radio gives them a voice, lets them be seen and lets them know like, hey, everybody don't live this way. Everybody don't live in mansions or houses. Some people live underneath the bridge. And sometimes underneath the bridge is the safest place for me. I don't always have everything, but who does? You know, I mean, you have people who live in houses who who live in houses who can't even afford the light bill. You got some people who live in houses or have cars. They can't afford the cars. They're living off loans after loans after loans. Yeah. That's homelessness. Like that's 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 being poor. You're showboating, but you can't <laughs> afford to have a life because you want to showboat. Oh, I gotta have a big house. Oh, I gotta have an eighty thousand dollar car. But you make seventy thousand dollars a year. So you're li- you're living so far above your means. Heaven forbid you have kids. They're the ones that are suffering. You know, infants, it is what it is. Little ones, it is what it is. But say after five or six, no, kids want to do stuff. Kids want to go places. Kids don't want to just go to the airport. Kid or not the airport, the playground. Kids don't just want to go to a shopping mall. Mm-hmm. Kids want to go to the movies. Kids want to go to Dave and Buster's, Chuck E. Cheese. Kids want to do things. Eventually, them kids become teenagers. Now they're starting to find themselves. Now they're starting to figure out who they are as a young man, as a young woman. Um who their real friends are versus their fake friends. Um, As, as we were taught when we were kids um, by our parents, our peers, family, friends that we looked at as parents. um, If you can do, if you can find one friend that can do for you unconditionally that you do for them with no question consider yourself lucky because people are selfish and let's get real ever since covid people are so selfish it's sick covid did something mentally to a good proportion of society and it's sad um you know you'll you'll break your neck to go to a party but you won't donate $5 to an organization that's going to help out someone in need. Um, You know, I I try to tell people $5, $5 can feed a family of four breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. Now ask me how, you know, 10 people, I know 10 people. We all pitch in $5. Guess what? That's 50 bucks. You can get 50 bucks worth of food and and beverages 
and snacks to feed a family of four and probably have some dollars and change left over. But all you did was fork out $5. You go into the bar, you go into the restaurant, you're spending more than $5 on that drink or that plate of food. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, like I said earlier, if people don't see purpose in it for them, they don't do it. It's not a priority. You know, exactly. it's just it's just not a priority. And I know because and I know that it hurts because I understand, too. I understand when I see people like I'm here, I'm a resource. I can help you. I can help you build this. And so but they they will invest their money in other things that cause them to be in a greater rut, you know, instead of the thing uh, or investing they want you to uh, sometimes coach them for free or um, like I stopped doing my 15 minute um, like foundational call is what I called it. Uh, or uh, I stopped doing those because I would give so much in 15 minutes that they would feel like they had like months of coaching, you know, with me. I was like, no, if you want it first coaching call, you're paying for that first coaching call because you're going to get everything and you decide not to come after that one. Then, then we're not. But once I began to change the game for myself, change my mindset and how I operated, and then I started getting clients who were just like, I started getting the quality of clients that I that I needed. When I say that I needed, because I need results. You know, I needed results. And some people they might pay, but they might cop out too at the same time. Like you know, um, and for me, I'm like, that's cool, but you you still owe your amount. And, but the one thing that I don't do, I don't chase, I thank God, I do not chase after people who don't pay. I do not, because I realize that ain't on me, that's on them. Like, mm -hmm. that's their debt. They're not in debt to me, they're in debt to themselves. You know, mm -hmm. so I never find myself at a place, like, some people say, I'll never be broke because you always owe me. Like, no, you don't owe me nothing. You don't owe me nothing. You skipped out on yourself. You didn't not skip out on me. Because I can create from nothing. Like the Lord told me, like, create from nothing and you create from me. If you have absolutely nothing, you can create from me and you will have everything. So right. I have in so many different places built from ground up, you know, and everything hasn't been privy to the public. But what I can say is that even earlier this year, I spent all of my business money. And I probably wouldn't have said that maybe last year because I'm like, oh, I don't know how people would. But I spent all of it earlier in this year. And I'm like, I've never been to this place. I literally used my money in a way that I had never used it before. And I'm like, it's all gone. But every time it will almost get to zero, another client will come. And I'm like, God, your word is true. Start from nothing and create from me. And then it kept going down. I would get one client, two clients. I would get 10 clients. And I'm like, okay. And then it would keep going down, right? It would keep going down. And I'm like, okay, I got to, I'm getting the money, but I got to reinvest it. I'm getting the money, but I got to pay bills. That's the truth of a business. Like you got to pay bills. And so I'm like, I got to pay bills. I got to pay, but I'm like, man, I'm back down. But every time I get back down to almost zero, it's like somebody else come. And so I'm like, I get it. I get it. Keep building. You said you want this. You, this your dream. This not theirs. This your purpose. This not theirs. It's going to, can you keep going even when it get hard? Even when it's down at zero? Can you still show up? Like, still show up like you got Big Bang. Not that you're putting on a facade, 
but you cannot give less of who you are because you only have a little in the bank. You know what I'm saying? You got it because you're not pouring outside of yourself. You pouring from the power of God. Don't right. you, you pouring from, you pouring from a different place and that's leadership. That's being a CEO. That's real. That's been a real CEO. And I'm not saying like it's sometimes I'm like, whoo, this tough motivation. I'm talking about down motivation that I couldn't even control myself. Motivation. I'm like, and I have to be honest, like my motivation is not there. I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing that. And I have to remind myself, you just going to have to do it without feeling it because mm -hmm. you still have clients. You're going to have to do it without even knowing that without even the excitement of purpose and this thing is unfolding you got to keep doing it if you gotta like man like not feel nothing that's right but just but stay consistent like consistency mm -hmm. has no feelings consistency is action action is not based off of your feeling action is doing that's right. It's doing. It's a verb. It's a verb. It's doing. And um, so I'm like, okay, my excitement, my joy, my why is not what's keeping me going. My habit of consistency and showing up allows me to keep showing up. And that's the difference. Like, I think that people should know, like, yeah, you can't always feel something. Like, I don't always feel like my children are like the best children in the world, but I still got to love them and I still got to feed them. You know, right. <laughs> I got to love them. I got to feed them. You know, I, I got to keep, I got to, I got to keep going. I ain't feeling you today, but I know you still got to eat. I know <laughs> that my children be fickle. They going to change as soon as I get what I want or I get the rest that I want. But I know that I have a responsibility, you right. know, and I think that we need to get that even in in our lives, whether in marriage, whether on our job. Like I didn't feel everybody when I was working for um, a corporation. I wasn't feeling everybody, but I had to realize, like, I ain't here for you. I'm hey. here because I have a purpose. I ain't here for you. Yeah, I let my, my job, you know, when I was working for a corporation, I let it fund my ministry. I bought that paycheck home. I paid my mortgage. I paid the things and I pour it back into my hard work, which is hard work. I pour it back into that, you know, and I'm just like, okay, it was hard sometimes. I got paper thrown at me, called, um, called evil on the job by someone who I thought I had a great relationship with. I had the CEO, the president of the company coming in, questioning me. And I'm like, I, I got, they tried to put me on a $4,000 pay cut when I just started making a little bit over $30,000 a year, you know, and that ain't no, that's not a lot of money whatsoever. You know, when you got bills, now if you don't got bills, you single, you ain't really paying nothing, but okay. Yeah. But when you got, I'm like, and you a $4,000 pay cut. I'm like, I trained my supervisor and I trained the administrator and I trained, I was, they was like, the human resources was like, well, she said you're doing this. I said, you want me to tell you what the real story is? She got a personal problem with me. And my and human resources was like, uh, we sit at the table. She was like, well, I'm going to have to micromanage you. I said, let's do this because I trained her. You can't be afraid of losing when you're winning. Mm -hmm. There you go. Don't take something away from me. You're going to take it away from me because, because 
I am really at default. I am, you gonna, but you gotta see it for your eyes. One day I got a phone call and from Human Resources and Human Resources said, you can stop, stop tagging me on your emails. You're no longer micromanaging. Later on that day, my supervisor, they went to her desk and walked her out of the office. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's when you know, like, you just got to focus on you regardless of what's against you. If you ride in integrity, if you ride in no matter what they do to you, no matter what God is riding for you, when they counted you out, God counted you in. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, like, that's it. That's all. I don't care what it looks like against you. It hurts. I mean, I got to the point like, I know I can't quit because God's not calling me to quit. I got to do this until I get my release because I believe that you never let go of anything until God gives you a release. And so I'm sitting there like I'm taking all my pictures down because I know my time is coming up soon. It might be coming up four months, six months or a year later, but I no longer can give all of just give all of my personal self to here. I got to give you my business self. I can't mm -hmm. let you come in. You know, the Bible says to guard your heart, you know, and watch what goes into your ear gates. So I got to guard my heart. I got to protect my peace is what people say. So I'm mm -hmm. like, don't let me come here. Don't, I'm not nesting here. I'm not making this my home. I'm doing my job because my feet is about to tread on some different waters. So I was in preparation season. And let me tell you today, this is how when you know you're valuable somewhere. I went back to that same place, that same building that I wanted to make an impact in. And I did. Guess what? It no longer even exists anymore. See, that's how you, I'm, that's why I'm, it was a twin tower up to 20 floors. That thing is a parking lot now. Tore down. I'm just saying. I mean, everybody be like, it wasn't because of you. No, when the word of God said, do not mess with God's anointed. Come on now. That it don't even exist no more. It don't even exist. You can't hire people. The company can't treat people how they treated people. You know, and I got what I needed. I got my master's degree paid for free. <laughs> I made sure that I was in school. You know, when I was there, you know, I did what I had and I served with integrity. I served in love because it was purpose for me to see them students who would come through that building so that they can become the nurses, the CNAs, and the um, um, surgical techs, and the phlebotomists um, that they need to be in the, in the earth realm. And right on, on social media, on Facebook, I get to see them still today, thriving as RNs and thriving in their positions and homes. And I'm like, yeah. But it, that sometimes, and only thing that I'm saying is that some things don't exist effectively or can exist at all without you on it people don't even realize how valuable you can be that's why it's important to build the best you so you can tap into your full potential say that one more time that's why it's important to build the best you so that you can tap into your full potential the late Niles Monroe said he said that, and I, I've heard it quoted by many people in different ways, but Miles Monroe said, the greatest dreams are in the grave. Man, 
the greatest dreams are in the grave. And this is because people, people don't build the best down. They live focused on what people are saying instead of focusing on, on what God is saying about them. That there are people, y'all hear me on today, that there are people who have lived wasting or not valuing their time and have died with multi-million dollar, billion dollar dreams because they were focusing on not building the best them. Focusing on the wrong thing. On the wrong thing or scared or just fearful. And they told the ideas, and this just dropped in my spirit right now. Like they told the ideas to people, like you said earlier, who just sat on the couch. People who weren't pushers of purpose. That's why certain people, they, they can't handle your big idea because yeah. they're not equipped to carry it. That's right. Man. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We can go ahead to the next question. <laughs> you know, this is my passion. This is my hard work. This is my hard work right here. You know. Our final discussion. You know where I'm going to take it. Let's take it. Home. Home. Your big event back in the shot. December, what is it? 8th through the 11th? 8th through the 11th. Four-day summit. Leadership Empowerment Summit with my organization, Women Who Lead Connect, where I am the founder of it. I'm super excited um, about this because it brings everything together that we do from the beginning of the year. And then we just like drop it like it's hot in December in the cold weather. <laughs> so we're in the cold weather of Chicago at that. Cold weather of Chicago, you know. But and some people like Chicago. You have an event in Chicago. Well, I lived in Chicago. I didn't really know how cold it was in Chicago. But now that I go back and visit, because uh, Maryland, the DC area. D.C. is a little bit colder than Maryland, but Maryland area, it can be snowing. And then next thing you know, two hours later, the snow gone. And you like, why do I got on a winter coat? Why am I wearing a fur coat? Right. And so. Um, <laughs> and so, yes, Women Who Lead Connect, which is at womenwholeadconnect.com. We are having our annual leadership and, um, summit, uh, leadership empowerment summit. Last year was called Born to Lead. This year it is called Empower. Um, I'm bringing um, speakers in. I bring speakers in from all over internationally and um, within um, the United States waters, right? Um, bring them in to really use their voice, to use their voice expertise to help somebody else to get healed and successful. You come in, you get the opportunity to network. We are bringing some Chicago flavor this time to the Leadership Empowerment Summit. It's not your average summit. You know how you go to summits and it's just so corporate and it's leadership, but it's like sometimes... We got to experience. Sometimes you got to take the titles off. You know, and I'm, I'm definitely about taking those titles off. Like you need that, you know, in leadership. So we got vendors, you know, rep, we're going to be representing businesses who are in Chicago, um, you know, who want to generate some extra streams of income. You know, so come in and generate some extra streams of income, um, shop, um, dance with us, laugh with us, collab with us, walk the red carpet with us. Um, 
Yeah, so that's pretty much what it is going to be. Four days, um, Thursday night is just pretty much a meet and greet. Sometimes the speakers want to come in and just get to know the city that they're coming to. So I wanted people to have the opportunity the day before, but just still come in and meet and greet, check in, do some check in, just chill out. Just not a whole bunch going on day one, you know, but we're getting ready for Friday night. Friday night is free. Friday night is a free night, but it's like, I should be paying for it. I should be charging for it, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that God placed on my heart is to have a spontaneous worship. And so the Lord gave that to me and my husband gave it to me last year. My husband came into agreement with it. So literally what we did was, and I incorporated this into the leadership empowerment summit. What we did was we, my husband built a stage in our backyard we bought in a, um, a three-part band, a guitar, a bass, and a drummer. Um, I did some singing on stage, of course, but it was all spontaneous. I also brought in some, um, I brought in some, some vendors. It was free. Vending was, because uh, I wanted, the Lord did not have me to charge for it. It was like, listen, if you can bring people into an authentic space, authentic space and expect nothing of them, but to give them all of me. And that's how God wanted it. So it was different, but it was like we moved. It was like we flowed. It wasn't even like the band practice on all the songs. They flow like you just let the spirit of God just lead you, lead you in singing, lead you in bending, lead you in showing up. No expectation just to show up. Like somebody could have showed up and just just said, you know what? I'm going, I'm going to do this at the event. Like we had one young lady who came, like, I want to do painting with the kids. We had a kid table, the kids painted. Um, we had our trampoline out there. They were able to play, have a good time. Like everything was just free, you know, just no. And th- but the vendors, they could charge. I mean, they could they could make a sale. We had a paparazzi out there. We had a, a women's uh, community uh, organization that was there who was inviting people to their, you know, c- cruise. But for us, we couldn't pay. Now we pay people, but we couldn't pay. So that's what Friday night is going to be like. Last year, I'm, when I say, I told the leaders, like, take your titles off. Don't come in here being doctor, this. Don't come in here being the root coach. Or don't come in being the motivational speaker. Come here being you, a child of God. Like, when you're in the presence of God, you ain't, in, you ain't none of those things. You ain't nothing but his child. Be at his feet and let him use you. So I want people to experience that. And that's what Friday night is. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's literally a good time. The band is like rocking. And let me tell you, I got the band that's coming in. Two of them have been playing for me since about 2009. So this is like bringing home, like bringing family in, like who's been rocking for rocking with me for a while. I mean, right, when right. I, one of them been with me since I was like, since like 2004. Four, I was at Chicago State University undergrad and I needed someone to play for me. I talked to my guy, Phil, and I'm like, Phil, I need, I need somebody. I'm going to sing this song. Uh, uh, I'm going to sing this song and I need somebody to play. I don't have no band. I was in this like alpha uh, Miss Black and Gold competition. Phil brought in a whole band for me. And from then, like, we rock solid. I'm like, I got a whole band. When I tell you I killed the show, like, I killed the show. Like, it was so good. And so we're bringing people like that in. We got media coming in. Like, we're going to have a really good time. And so on Saturday, it's like the four day. Like four day from five to 10 o'clock, we got vendors. 
We got entertainment. We got the speakers coming to the stage. We have an awards program. I honor women in leadership. You know, so I'm going to be honoring women in humanitarianism and philanthropy, uh, community uh, as a community impact. Um, those who are trailblazers in their area. Uh, and guess what? We honor Shardell Moore. Shardell Moore was on your show. We honored her um, with our Power Award, you know. Um, okay. So she was, the re she was a recipient. Um, and, you know, I just love her energy. So we honored her because I wanted to bring what we don't always get, only celebrities get. You know, they get the Golden Globes, they get the Oscars, they get, you know, um, the BET Award, you know, and all of that. But what about the Women Who Lead Connect Award? What about, um, you know, what about still getting your shine? What about not dying, um, feeling like you didn't get recognized? I want to be able to recognize women. I want to be able to recognize who they're seeing. Um, out here, uh, we had Nakia Wright, who was running for uh, Prince George's County Council. I just, I saw her on social media and I started following her. And I'm like, listen, we want to honor you. I've been, we, I've been following you. We've been following you for like a whole year now. And I see what you do in the community. Will you set this invitation so we can honor you as community impact? So I literally watch. And then I have my team to also recognize like what these women are doing. And when Nakia Wright stepped on our stage, you know, a person who was in a political rim and going for PG County, um, you know, uh, council or whatever. When I spoke to her, you know what she said? As well known as she is, one of the things she said to me, she said, thank you for recognizing me. That's powerful right there. She said, thank you for recognizing somebody who I feel like was being recognized, but it was being recognized in a different way. So the award means a lot because we can be leading at the top, but we can be broken. And I'm not saying that she was broken, but I understood that the sisterhood connection, it meant something. And then, so that will be going on on, on Saturday and on Sunday it's called the pour in. Now, Sunday is the pour in. We have a little church, okay? I bring in my faith speakers on that day. I bring in my faith speakers to pour into the speakers. They poured out all weekend. They came. They've been studying their materials for months or whatever, but they're pouring out on social media to everybody because they're influencers. You know, they're people in leadership positions in other areas of their life. Or if they're not on, in, on social media like that, they're doing it in their communities. And right? And so... I bring them in to get poured into so that they can leave the summit, not empty, but leave the summit full so that they can go back out and lead strong. It's life changing, literally. So I have some returning speakers who are TEDx speakers, international speakers who was this one young lady. She was like, you know what, Shanika? She was like, I'm coming and I'm paying in full for my speaker spot. She said, because I do all these, she was like, I do all these speaking, you know, um, these, these, these speaking engagements and travel all over, she said, but honestly, you're only speaking to the other speakers. She was like, but when I came to yours, it was different from everybody's. Like, I'm, like I met real people. Like, it made a difference. I'm not speaking to the same people, the same crowd who already feel like they got everything, but I'm speaking to somebody who need me. I'm speaking to somebody who my words can help transform their lives. Because you can't transform nobody or help to turn God does the transformation, but you can't help change nobody's lives who feel like their life is already together. That's right. You're speaking to the choir. You're speaking to the choir. Like, okay, you're an alto. I know I'm an alto. You're in the, like, I know I'm this. You know, because it's rejected. It's your words are really be rejected. 
you know, and really you're only speaking on these platforms so that it builds up your resume in that way. But right. so, yeah, that's what it's about. We hitting up Chicago. We bring in the heat to the Windy City. You know, we bring in the warmth. We're going to calm the wind just a little bit. <laughs> but we're going to create a storm because that heat with that cold, you know, that creates storms. But we're going to create wow. a good storm. We're going to make, we're going to create a storm that's going in tornadoes or whatever that's going to tear, tear down the pain. That's going to tear up um, mediocre mindset. Like, that's what it's going to be about. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm planning on it. I'm planning on going. Come on, let's go. Like we gotta, we gotta turn up. We like, we gotta turn up. And I'm excited. It's gonna be different. It's not that sit down this lecture and you're gonna hear. It's like get up, move, like shop, have a good time, laugh, take some pictures, use those pictures to help build your brand. Use those pictures to to get on that stage and build your resume. You know, get on that stage. I put emergent speakers on the stage. I put speakers on the stage who, when I listen to them, I do an interview with every one of the speakers individually. Everybody who gets on my stage, I build a relationship with them. I know them. Like, I know them in that moment. And sometimes in my interviews, we cry together, we laugh together. And some people, when they interview with me, I'm like, nope. I'm like, sis, you ain't got it. You got to coach with me. You want to get on the stage? You got to hone in on this. You got a good story, but I need you to own this thing. If you coach with me or you don't have to coach with me, you get you a coach. But let me tell you, the people who you are speaking in to, see, speaking in front of, some of them are dying. And I can't let you let them keep dying. You got to bring life. You got to bring the fire. And I need you to bring this fire because some people won't go to the building church, but because you are the church, they'll come to you. You got to be the church. You no, nah, right. it ain't no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real talk. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's what it's gonna be about. I'm excited. Do I know how all of it is gonna unfold? I don't. It's so God. It's so purposeful. I got butterflies throughout this whole thing, bringing it all together. I always got butterflies. Oh, like oh Lord, this is a lot. I gotta call this person. I gotta delegate responsibilities. I got to do this, this, and that. Some days it's just me, and some days it's a team being pulled together, you know? And, of course, a lot of times it's going to be me because I'm the visionary. I got to come up with everything and then share everything with everybody else. But I'm fully a part of every process of it. Whatever people can't do, I know how to do. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's like um, I think when you're in leadership, it's just not about making money in your company. It's just not about you know, being the CEO, it's about knowing every part of it. So if somebody fall off, you can fall into place. You know, That's like if, yeah, if I got to tie somebody's shoe mark, I'm tying their shoe because you're not going <laughs> to trip on my, yeah, you're not going to trip on my stage. You're not going to look a hot neck. I'm going to make sure you look good because if I look good, you look good. If I got to serve at your feet, I ain't just serving at your feet. I'm serving at the feet of Jesus when I tie your shoe. Like, listen, like no part is too, is too small for me. And the only part that is too small for me is when I can decide to shrink trying to make somebody else feel good. That's that part right there is too small for me. That's that's too, that's when I'm playing way too small. You shrink. We got a problem because you already a little bit. <laughs> Let me tell you exactly. Exactly. People are like, oh, my goodness. 
Like you, you, you're like a powerhouse and you come out, but you small, like you, I didn't pitch you. When I meet some of my authors for the first time, I met one of my authors, she was like, you a little girl. Like, I, I felt like you were big and you, you know, when I see you or cause you know, I use you with the big hair. <laughs> I'm in the big yeah. hair. I'm this big mouth girl. And I come in like, hey, I'm five three. <laughs> <laughs> my, my daughter who's 11 years old, she's like, mommy, my head is bigger than yours. I'm like, okay. You know, and some people they like, are like, yeah, I'm a small, I'm a small girl. And I embrace it. You know, I embrace it. I don't be like, and sometimes I remember days when I wanted to be like this thick girl and this big butt. I remember being 14 years old and I look and I walked into class and this boy checked me so well. I was sticking my butt out like, oh, I'm gonna have a big butt like all my friends. And he was like, what are you doing? I was like 14 years old, like, what are you doing? And I, he was like, you need to stop. I'm glad he said that, like, just be you, like embrace it. Like it's a talking point. People like you skin. How are you so skinny? I get to talk about health. I get to talk about nutrition. I get to talk about like, this is just who God designed me to be. It gives me my talking points. It gives me, it gives me my light when I come into places. It allows for those who don't expect something to come out of somebody small like me. It gives them greater expectation on what God can do with little packages. You know That's what I'm right. saying? On what God can, God can do, um, what God can do with extraordinary people or people who are not even extraordinary, but people who are counted out, you know, even, even though I might count myself in when people, when you count me out, you know, like what God can do with what look, what doesn't look ordinary, what doesn't look, um, approved by others. So I just embrace it, you know, um, and I get my thick days, you know, I get my days when I feel a little, you know, health, healthy looking girl, but it'd be my own skinny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last time, one last time. What's going on in December? Leadership Empowerment Summit in Chicago. You can go to womenwholeadconnect.com. Go ahead. You can chat with us on there. We can give you the information. I still got it open. Still got it open. Still got it open for speakers. You know, because we actually look through, sometimes speakers come in at the last minute. If we got a spot open, we give it to them. As long as they, you know, pass the interview process. Um, but it's December the 8th through the 11th. It's a four-day summit. We're going to have a good time. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Come in. We got some free nights. But don't just settle for the free nights. Come in to the ticket. It be The ticketed prices. I mean, the tickets are only like, I think, $37.50 um, times two. You know? And so that covers the whole four days. And so it's good. And, um, then we got virtual, too. Don't let me leave that out because I got empowerment speakers that's virtual. So not only... Um, Thursday, we're just doing like a meet and greet from like six to nine. Um, and then when it comes to uh, Friday night, we're doing um, Friday night, um, no, Friday morning, we have our virtual summit. Um, we have Altavis Pelsler who will be rocking it. Like she dope, she dope, she dope, she dope. So she'll be rocking it for us, being a great represent uh, representative for Women Who Lead Connect. Then we're going to come in that Friday night in person. Right. So you can be all over the world, whether, you know, watching us virtually. And then if you want to fly in or come in Friday evening, kick it with us in person. And um, and that's from five to ten at night. And then Sunday from 12 to three o'clock, we got the poor in coming in. And then even for my leaders, what they don't even know yet, that we're going to do a breakfast with leaders that Sunday morning. 
So, you know, we can get up, we can eat, we can, you know, kick it. You know, I can like have some intimate time with them, you know, breakfast with leaders. And then we go ahead over to the event space and just, you know, get poured into all of us. Okay. Yeah. Um, give your, your social media information so people can get in contact with you. Yeah, if you want to get in contact me with me, I mean, it's my website. It's my social, all my social media links is um, at I am Shamika Latte. Um, and it's my name exactly on there. Just take out the apostrophes and then just put at I am, I A M S H A M E C A L A T A I. And so my website is I am Shamika Latte.com. So whether on Instagram, Twitter, um, what Twitter, uh, uh, TikTok, Facebook is all I am Shamika Latte. And then you can find either other links on there. And then if you want to get tickets or find more about Women Who Lead Connect, you just go to womenwholeadconnect.com and everything is on there. So I tried to make it easy for everybody. Like right. if you find me on my social site, you can find the rest of, you know, my sites and links and everything like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Mika, my sister from my city. Chi-Town was definitely in the house. Shout out to my co-host, Marie Starr. She was absent tonight. Shout out to my producer, Mr. Monty. Shout out to one of the co other co-hosts, Mr. Nate, for giving me a shout out. Appreciate all the love. Appreciate all the, the support. Um, this Sunday, don't forget, Skyline Foundation's back at it again at Charles Plaza. Uh, 222 North Charles Street, Baltimore, Maryland, uh, 1230 to 3 p.m. Whether it rains or not, we're going to be there. They're calling for rain, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we make no excuses. We do not um, postpone if we can prevent it. Uh, this this Sunday is it's a big necessary thing. Uh, we've, we've started our, our annual winter coating and blanket drive for the homeless and, and less fortunate. Um, if you got a coat, if you got a blanket, if you got boots, if you got scarves, gloves, mittens, no suits, um, lightly used, good condition. If you if you prefer to go buy something at a cheap store, that's fine, too. Um, bag it up and drop it off. Volunteers, everyone, anyone and everyone's welcome. If if uh, if you have any questions, you got my phone number. Contact me on on Facebook, on Instagram. In, inbox me. Shout out to Derek Chase for your continued love, support, help, and assistance. Shout out to our new partners, Morgan State University Poets. I'm really looking forward to 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 teaming up with them and, and working with them on our projects and possibly even their projects with their open mic night comedy show, I believe. Um, but as soon as I meet with them Sunday and, and we chop it up, I'll get some information and details on what they're doing. And I will shout that out next Friday, October 28th on our next show. That special guest will be confirmed, if not Sunday, Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, Shamika, 
again, I love you. I thank you. I appreciate you. Shout out to you and your husband for all the good work that y'all are doing in and out of the city, in and out of Chi-Town. And God is first always. God is fabulous. God be with you all. Continue blessings. And I look forward to working with you in the future. And I definitely look forward to the summit in Chi-Town. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for viewing. Um, I appreciate all your support. Until next time, good night, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Peace and blessings.